Friends, our second lesson is from the book of Romans, the fifth chapter, verses one through five. Listen as the Apostle Paul writes to the churches in Rome. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, there is no such thing as preaching unless your Holy Spirit is poured into every word that is spoken. Unless your Holy Spirit is here in all of our hearts and minds making us ready to hear you this day. And so our prayer is simple, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, and speak. For we, your people, are listening. Amen. My oldest daughter is one of the graduating seniors, and that means that I've been thinking a lot about when she was a tiny, tiny person. And when she was about two or three and just starting to exert her independence, there was a time when no matter what we said to her, her reply was, I do it myself. <laughs> Hannon, can I help you with your shoes? I do it myself. Hannon, can you get your jacket? I do it myself. Now, that may sound like a cute thing that someone who is very small would do, but the truth is that we are generally a people who like to do it ourselves, are we not? We are people who like to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. If we are hurting, we do not want to let people know. If we are suffering, we try to keep it to ourselves. And so this passage from Paul writing to the church in Rome speaks to all of us. Because Paul has several ideas about what difficulty should be like in the life of a faithful person. And he begins by reminding the people in the church in Rome that they should have peace with God, not because of who they are, but because of what Jesus Christ has done. They should have peace in their lives. No longer are they striving to please God. That work has all been done in the person of Jesus Christ. But Paul acknowledges the human phenomenon that everybody suffers. Everyone suffers at one time or another. It may be something catastrophic. It may be something small that still brings some sort of suffering to your life. But it is a human truth that everyone suffers. And so Paul writes that as faithful people, we should be able to boast in our suffering. Because suffering produces the ability to endure. And that gives us greater character and that always gives us hope. And hope, Paul reminds us, does not disappoint. It can be easy to read this passage and think that Paul is speaking just to us, just to each person. But the truth is that Paul is writing to an entire church. 
Paul does not believe that people will suffer alone. No, Paul says, we boast because the whole church, when one person suffers, suffers together. The whole church bears one another's burdens. Paul never sees suffering as something one person does alone. They don't do it themselves, but rather it is something that everyone does together in the body of Christ. That the church should be a place where we come in its doors and when we are in difficulty, we say it. We acknowledge when we are having a hard time and the rest of the church builds us up and allows us to endure that suffering together. And in that endurance, our character is formed and we become more like the person of Jesus Christ whom alone we worship and serve. But more than that, Paul says, that's how hope is formed in the church community when we bear our burdens with one another. Now, I don't know about you, but I am more than willing to help anyone that I think is suffering. But I am much less likely to tell you when I am suffering myself. But Paul reminds the church that we have to be a community that boasts, that tells others when we are suffering, because that's the only way that we get to see hope formed in our very midst. I was thinking about this when I was talking with my friend David earlier this week. Many years ago, when David was first out of college, he joined a small church in a tiny town in Georgia. David told me, I had zero dollars to my name. I was barely making it. And after he'd been a part of that little church for only a little while, his sister became very, very ill. In fact, she was overseas and she fell into a coma. And David, nor his dad, had the ability to go and be with her. And so the next Sunday, David comes into church and everyone can just look at him and tell something's wrong. And so they pull it out of him. What's wrong? And he tells these people that he doesn't really know that well yet about what has happened. And they get to work. First, they gather all sorts of money together and they buy David a ticket to go and be with his sister. But they know his dad can't go either. So they start to compile all their sky miles until they can get a ticket for his dad to go also. And David says that was only part of it because every day that he was away from them, there was a text message or a phone call of someone saying, we are thinking of you and we love you. You don't have to suffer alone. That's what the church does. It takes one person's suffering and it widens it out among many people. And the miracle of that story to me is not that David's church helped him. The miracle is that he was honest when they asked him what was wrong. That he didn't put up that wall that says, I'm okay. But instead was honest about the brokenness in his life and in his family and the problem with his sister. This is what churches do. And if you find yourself in a position today where the suffering isn't too great, where you feel like you are doing all right, then your job is to turn to the people around you and keep your eyes open for people who might be suffering and to offer your help to them. Paul isn't writing this letter to one person. He's writing it to all of the churches. And he's saying, this is what you're supposed to be. You have been made right with Jesus and now you are to be Jesus to other people. When you're hurting, say you are hurting. 
And when you're not, offer your strength to those who need it. Now we've got kids today who are graduating high school and they're going to go off to college. And I hope they remember more than anything else that this church is always with them and for them. That there is nowhere that they can go that we won't be caring for them, that we won't want to support them, that we won't love them. But I also hope they go into their college communities and they find other churches who can also love and support them while they're there. Where they can slip into a pew and be welcomed on good days and bad days and everything in between. Because the church here is the same as the church there. It's the same as the church in Rome. It's the same church today. We are churches that care and we want to help bear one another's burdens. Because when you take it on yourself and when you suffer in silence and when you try to bear all of those burdens alone, you don't get to see the joy that Paul describes. You don't get to see other people endure in their hardship and the character that is formed. You don't get to see hope being made in other people. And so church... We send people off into the world today, but we also are the church in this time and place. And I encourage you to look around you for the people who are suffering and struggling and offer them your care and support. And I urge you to, on the days when the darkness settles in, to come into this place and be honest that it's not all sunshine and roses, that you are human just like the rest of us. And we will offer you support and love and hope because hope does not disappoint. Thanks be to God and amen.